Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Our guest today is Gary Zancanelli. He is one of the owners behind the Red Door Wood-Fired Grill. And until just recently, he owned all the Kansas City area KFCs. Gary is here to talk with us today about his approach to owning local restaurants and how he hopes to build a brand that really resonates with all of us here in the different communities in which these are located. So welcome to the show today, Gary. Thank you, Kelly. Tell us about how you got into the restaurant business. We all know as business owners that it's hard, but the restaurant business is one of the roughest that there is. So how how did you break into that? Well, um, as a kid, my my father had worked for the first original KFC franchisee. His name was Pete Harmon, and this was out in California. And so as kids, um, we used to always work in my dad's restaurant growing up. And that was kind of the the beginning of uh, my restaurant, you know, passion uh, being developed. And then uh, after I got out of college, I played sports in college and um, just basically started working in the restaurants, quote unquote, until I found a real job and um, (laughs) never left it. So been in it ever since. Okay. I mean, you literally started, you were... You're washing dishes, you are a cook, you've done everything that there is. You didn't just walk into restaurant management and then ownership from there. You've done it all. Exactly. Yep. Okay, tell us how you ended up getting involved with Kentucky Fried Chicken, now known as KFC. Well, um, I started, you know, like I said, as a kid, and then when I got out of college, came back, started working in the store just um, as an hourly employee, um, kind of trying to bridge the gap a little bit until I found a, a, you know, a job and started with that, found out what the manager was making, started digging a little deeper and got into the management program. And from there uh, became a general manager for the franchisee of KFCs and uh, stayed with them for 14 years, ended up moving into a multi-unit role and into um more of a uh, upper management level and they transferred me out to Colorado uh, to take over a division of KFCs for them. And that's where uh, about after a year and a half of being out there, I found five KFCs that were going bankrupt. And one of the KFC representatives talked to me about, have you ever thought about being a franchisee? And at that time I really didn't even know what that meant. And, uh, pretty naive to the whole situation. I thought I was just going to work for Harmon Management the rest of my life. And um, one thing led to another, and I bought these five KFCs uh, out of bankruptcy and ended up growing that, starting my own company and growing that to 70-plus KFCs. Wow. And so this all started, the ownership part of this story, all started in Grand Junction, Colorado, then in the late 90s. Is that about right? Yes. Yep, that's correct. Okay. What brought you to Kansas City? Well, we purchased uh, after I had been a franchisee for about three or four years. uh, We had an opportunity to purchase the Kansas City um, KFCs from KFC Corp. 
And so we did that. I want to say that was in year 2003 or two. And so I started traveling out to Kansas City quite a bit. Um, We purchased 20 restaurants from the corporation. And so I had an apartment out here, started to build the infrastructure to run these KFCs, Um, enjoyed Kansas City a lot. And at that time, my kids were pretty young. And so I started to think, you know, that's where the bulk of our restaurants were. So we ended up moving our corporate headquarters here in 2007. And so that's when I moved me and my family to Kansas City. Okay, so you've been here about 10 years, and then, as you said, you ended up owning more than 70 restaurants and all of the area KFCs. So uh, what made you decide to sell those in 2011? Well, um, over the years, there was always a, there was some, some real bad blood between KFC as the franchisor and KFC as the franchisees. There was long long lawsuits that had been going back and forth. And I felt the brand was, was really suffering because nobody was focused on the brand itself. And I just started to get a little turned off with the, the brand itself in, in the franchisor. And I'd been approached by a private equity group. And at first, you know, we just kind of thought we'd explore to see what we really thought our business was worth and what we thought it, you know, would go for out on the open market. And one thing led to another, and um, we ended up uh, doing the deal. And I'd always had in the back of my mind, you know, my dream was at some point starting our own brand where we got to control all the decisions on the people, the food, and where we go and how we do it. And so it seemed like a good opportunity at the time, and I was ready for a change. Yeah, let's talk about that for just a, a little bit here. You started, um, you launched Woodfire, Red Door Woodfired Grill in April 2013 in Leewood, right? That's correct. Yep. Okay. Um, starting a restaurant like that from scratch, a totally new concept, is a lot different from working in a franchise and owning franchises in a group basically that you've known since you were a kid. Uh, how did that feel to just? kind of break free from that structured sort of restaurant ownership existence into something where uh, you really had all the freedom to develop the concept and call your own shots? Um, it sounds like you know more about it than I did at the time, that's for sure. <laughs> Just worked I, with small if, businesses if, for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say if, if if I knew what I knew today, I'm not sure I would have done it, but um, you're, you're absolutely correct. It was uh, – it was a very trying time. Um, you know, you, you think you've been in the restaurant business, and so you think after, you know, I'd been in the restaurant business for 20-plus years, you kind of think you know a good portion of what you're getting into, and this was a completely different game. Um, you know, a colleague of mine told me a couple years ago, he goes, now you're really in the restaurant business. Um <laughs> And so it, it it certainly was some trying times. I always I remember as a franchisee, and we'd be traveling. You go out to restaurants, and you'd go, you know, if I owned my own restaurant, everything on the menu would be just great. And I've found that creating great food in a great environment with great people is a lot easier said than done. And to keep uh, it consistently great. Exactly, and. 
So, you know, I will, I will say the first 18 months of the Red Door Grill in, in Leewood was some of the most trying times professionally for me. But also at the same time, I probably have grown more in the last three and a half years of doing this personally and professionally than I ever have in any point in my career. So um, it's been very rewarding. We've went through a lot of different trying this, trying that. You're doing a lot of experimenting. And we always had the idea of growing a brand. So I've probably taken a different approach than when some people get into their own independent restaurant. And that's where I'd say my franchise background was very beneficial because I grew up with a lot of structure systems and processes that really lead towards that consistency that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And so that, that in itself has been the foundation for how we've, we've looked at the red door wood fired grill. Tell us about the concept behind it. Well, I would say, you know, when we first started, one of the biggest mistakes was we probably just didn't have a real clear vision of what the concept was. Even though I would say today we are where I remember when I used to think about the red door and the gentleman that I started with, when we both were talking about what kind of place we wanted to develop, um, we probably couldn't put it in exact words like we can today. And my idea always was basically, you know, the, the whole neighborhood bar and grill sector or term has probably been worn out now. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you talk about a neighborhood place, you know, there's a lot of people that are, that are referring to that. And I would say that we have really come upon the vision of now you know, we refer to our sector, we refer to our place as, you know, an upscale neighborhood joint. So <laughs> with 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 those terms, we feel like the upscale part is we're serious about our food. We are serious about the consistency. We're trying to provide great food, a great experience consistently to the people in our neighborhood. Um, and the neighborhood joint is really keeping us approachable at the same time. We try to keep our pricing very approachable. We try to keep dishes that people are familiar with. You know, I think a lot of times when you involve chefs, everybody's looking for that that uh, differentiator of, you know, creating different foods. And sometimes you can get so far out there, people don't know what you're talking about. True. So we've really tried to keep it where it's relatable. People know what we're doing. And it's stuff that our our guests really can relate to. And being in Kansas City in the Midwest, I think people appreciate quality ingredients. They appreciate, you know, that you're using local products and all those things. But they want stuff that they can relate to. They still want a good sandwich or they still want a good piece of, you know, red meat or um, seafood that's relatable. So, so we've really worked hard on trying to keep the menu evolving to where people can relate to it and at the same time they can eat there in multiple ways and use us in multiple different situations so that our pricing is very value orientated. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to confess, I have not been to a Red Door Grill. I'm going to have to get to one. So as somebody who has not entered the door and uh, experienced the restaurant, 
I drive up and I walk in the door. What am I going to see? Tell me about the experience I'm going to have. You've, you've covered the menu, but, but what kind of experience and ambiance do you offer? I, w- I would say that, you know, first, we've always talked about when you're approaching the door, we have music playing, so you feel an energy. Um, we're very, very focused on at the front door that our guests get greeted and they get thanked when they're leaving so that there's an energy that you feel first from our people. I've, I've, the one thing I have really learned over the last three and a half years is your brand really is defined by your people. And so I would say we've done, have, have had a heavy focus on bringing in the right personalities, the right enthusiasm, and really making sure that you feel the brand right from the start, and that is through the energy in the restaurant. People are hustling. Our managers aren't sitting in offices doing paperwork. They're out on the floor. They're greeting guests. They're making sure that their food's right. You know, we have a saying in, in our our mission statement if you ain't happy we ain't happy and that's really what we live by is making sure that every guest is satisfied and we know we're going to make mistakes and when we make mistakes that our guests really feel that not only do our employees whether you're a dishwasher a busboy or the manager that we care about making sure your experience that we exceed your expectations and i've even heard that through the grapevine that you can find you back in the kitchen uh, fixing the chicken on Thursdays. Well, that's about the only thing you'll ever see me fixing. <laughs> that's the only thing I know how to cook. But, yeah, I, um, you know, our, our jalapeno dipped chicken has become very popular. Hmm. Um, you know, we probably only do it once a week because I'm only uh, willing to cook once a week. But, um, yeah, I've been very involved in the development of the 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 fried chicken that we do every Thursday and we do that all day on Thursdays Um, it's become a very popular signature item for us and I think that even just speaks to the to the way the the brand has been developed that we have this fried chicken but it's a four-day process of this fried chicken the way we marinate it the way we bread it the way we cook it um, we're really we know that we can only do it one day a week and achieve the level of product that we're after in doing it one day a week. I think if we were to try and do it seven days a week, um, the product itself would, would not be at the level that it is. So yeah, yeah, I have been involved in the kitchen in that sense. Um, Mark Kirk, who's my operating partner, um, has really done a phenomenal job. He joined us over a year ago and he's done just a phenomenal job with the kitchen and really, implementing a lot of systems and processes that that create the consistency and upgrading the talent of uh, employees that we have in the back of in that the back of the house you've talked about your menu you've talked about the music and the energy and about the uh, customer service part of the experience what are some of the other things that somebody can expect um, I've heard that you are um, very involved in picking out artwork that's on the walls. What are some of the more detailed kinds of things that people might actually not even consciously stop and look at, but subconsciously they help to create that overall experience? What are some of those things? You know, um, I would say, you know, we always use this as our our kind of our, our, call it our roadmap for what we do day in and day out. And we, we talk about people, product, and place, and 
if you're not in one of those sectors, then you're probably out of bounds on where your focus is. And I would say that I'm involved in all three, but I probably head up the, um, the designing, the building of the restaurant and the decorating. And I've, I've been fortunate to build a good team with, with our architect, Paul Minto, and our uh, interior designer, Alexis Keel has has really done a great job in helping me pick those things out. So we've really tried to personalize the place and picking out some some artwork, especially in our Brookside location. We went to another level of, you know, we found an artist out of Italy that did two uh, paintings for us that became, you know, part of the brand. And then we also had William Rose, a local artist, do a painting for us in the bar that um, really is kind of a personal painting on, you know, people in the bar, in the, the scene that William Rose did for us are people that were very influential in, in my career and also in the, 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 the process of us getting to the Red Door Grill now. So, yeah, I've been very involved in that. And some of the things that I think have been real important is just like our tables are made by uh, Brian Holland, who's a local wood wood guy and yeah. he he makes all the tables um out of his shop uh you know we've been very focused on the silverware and how the the fork and the knife feel in your hand and all the touch points we've upgraded our lighting so that our lighting you know focuses really on the table and the food versus shining in people's eyes and so we we've, we've found that a lot of times guests don't really know why they weren't super comfortable in the place and we've really focused on making it an experience that when you get done if we hit on all avenues of you know our people were friendly they did a great job their their service was on point the food was hot and fresh and the place itself had a good feel that's how we feel you create an experience for somebody and a lot of times you know most guests don't know exactly why they weren't comfortable or exactly why it wasn't really good but a lot of times it's a combination of those three things weren't on point. Exactly. What is the future? I know that you have a location in Leewood, a location in Brookside, and you're opening another location. Uh, tell us about the future here. Okay. Well, um, yeah, we do have the two locations open and operating, and, and both locations are doing real well. We're real pleased with the progress that Leewood has made over the three and a half years or coming up at they're on their four-year anniversary here next month. And uh, Brookside has opened up. The Brookside neighborhood has accepted us real well. We've been very, very pleased with the opening there. Our management team has done a phenomenal job. And our third location will be opening up probably in August. And that's going to be out on 159th and Antioch um, in the Blue Hawk development that's going out there. And you know, our long-term plans has always been to build a brand for Kansas City. And so, you know, we still think there's probably three other areas that we've identified that we think our brand would fit well. Um, we're looking up north in the Liberty area. Uh, we've looked out in Lee Summit, and we've looked in the Lenexa, Shawnee area. So our plan is to get the third one open, kind of probably settle there, really you know, we're bringing brunch on here in, at the end of April, starting at Brookside, and then that'll go in Leewood, and then we'll open up with brunch out in the uh, Overland Park location at 159th. 
So, you know, we just, we're really focused on making sure everything we're doing is at a very high level. We're not looking to have these extensive growth plans. You know, when we started this, we said we'd rather have less restaurants that are great versus bigger is better. Our, our terms kind of been better is better. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great, that's a great way to put it. And the other thing is, is that sometimes you oversaturate a market too, and you yeah. take away some of the. Um, I don't want to use the word exclusive because that kind of takes away from that neighborhood joint uh, that you you try to put out there. But still, there's something to be said for not having it on every corner. That that it's a, a special place to go to. There's no question. I mean, our our plan has always been that none of them. Um, we're not trying to create a, a cookie cutter type of feel in the restaurant. But I believe that if you can build a brand that people trust um, and you and you keep it personalized for that area, it's 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 uh it's it's something people are looking for. You know, I I don't want us to feel like a chain, but there's a reason why chains are successful and chains are successful because people can trust them. And they know exactly what they're going to get when they go there. And a lot of times, you know, when you're choosing to make a dining experience, it's not a time to gamble. And so, <laughs> you know, that's, that's cause a lot of times, you know, that you only get dinner one time that, that night. So if it goes bad, then, then, you know, you, you, you messed up dinner for that night. And so we take that real serious. So, you know, we certainly aren't trying to create a, a cookie cutter model we want the financial model to be something that we can rely on and we want the consistency of the food and the service to be a model that people can trust, but we want each restaurant to be developed for that particular neighborhood. So none of them are going to look the exact same, but we're finding characteristics in the way we build them and design them that we know our customers and our guests have come to really appreciate. So we're trying to make sure we're implementing some of those things. So like right now, we're even going back to Leewood and we're doing a refresh right now that'll be done probably by the, the middle of April in implementing some of our learnings that we have have put in the design and feel of the, the Brookside restaurant. And we're coming back and putting some of those same characteristics into the Leewood restaurant mm-hmm. without changing the Leewood restaurant look and feel though. Sure. Yeah, it'll be subtle. Exactly. Yeah. So, Gary, what's your uh, yes, Gary? What's your website? Uh, it's Red Door uh, www.reddoorgrill.com. Okay, reddoorgrill.com, and get out to one of his restaurants. Try out the chicken on. Do you have chicken every day, or is it just a, uh, well, on just, Thursdays? You have special chicken. Yep, we have fried chicken all day on Thursdays. We do our whiskey-soaked prime rib all day on Sundays. And then we one of our first specials that we started that's become very popular that we still do is we do our $5 classic burgers all day on Mondays. Okay. So so get out there. Try out some of these specials. Try out some of the fresh products, uh, local products that they have uh, throughout their menu. And just take in the experience that Gary just described. Thanks so much for being on the show today, and we wish you the best of luck, Gary. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kelly. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.